Hi, I'm Mickey Dolans, and you are listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Here we come, walk down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. I can't afford to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid The comedy podcast for all things music Both new and classic I'm Pat Francis And joining me in the Zoom room today This gentleman is multi-talented He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a drummer, and he is best known as the iconic lead singer of The Monkees. Please welcome Mickey Dolenz. Hello, Mickey. Hey, great intro. Um, I'm glad I wrote it, and I'll send you the 20 bucks. <laughs> I would appreciate it. I would appreciate 20. So, Mickey, we are, uh, we're here today because you got a bunch of uh, things happening. First of all, you got Dolan Sings Nesmith out right now. It's an album of uh, 14 tracks uh, written by Mike Nesmith and interpreted by his bandmate, Mickey Dolenz. Yep. And then we got the Monkees Farewell Tour kicks off September 10th in Spokane, Washington. So you are... September, September, right? September, SEP. September 10th. (laughs) And and I just recently read that you're enjoying just being a grandfather right now. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I am. It's been a very, uh, well, obviously weird year uh, uh, and a half or so and and difficult, of course, uh, for everybody. Um, uh, but I, and I hate to say that I've enjoyed it, but to some degree I have. Uh, I mean, I hate to say enjoy because of all the people that have suffered, but um, uh, I have enjoyed the time off. It seems like it's the first time that I actually unpack my suitcase and put it back in the garage for a couple of decades. And it's it's been nice. Uh, kind of semi-retirement, I guess, doing my grandfather thing. Came along at a convenient time for that. And and fishing and camping and gardening and working in my uh, wood shop. Uh, so I've, uh, I've, I've quite enjoyed it. And cooking, taking cooking classes. A lot of things I always wanted to do, but it's, it's real tough when... You're only home for maybe eight, 10 days before you're out on the road again. Right. Well, I mean, and again, I understand what you mean where it's hard to say that you enjoyed it, but at the same time, I think we can all understand, you know, being home with your family and, you know, having that quality time that you haven't had for so many years because, because of being on the road. Yeah. How many grandkids do you have? Three. Three. Are they all here in Southern California? No, all over the place. All over the place. Uh, mostly uh, b- uh, back east. Oh, boy. that may, Then that makes it tough. It does, uh, especially during the pandemic. Thank goodness for Zoom, huh? For Zoom and FaceTime and all those, uh, all the technology that you and I didn't have as a kid. If this would have happened when we were kids, we would have uh, been pulling our hair out big time. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's talk a little bit about Dolan's Sings Nesmith. So first of all, this album is produced and mixed by Christian Nesmith, Mike's son. Is this uh, is Christian kind of like a nephew to you? I assume you've known him his entire life. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. I uh, have known him his entire life. Uh, 
first met Mike, um, he was still in the crib, Christian. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I do uh, have, you know, I haven't spent an enormous amount of time with him over the years. Uh, certainly a, a bit of time around the early monkey days. But then I, I moved to England in 1975 or something, 76, something like that. And I was there for like 15 years and came back and went on the road and Mike would join us and we occasionally bump into each other. More recently, a few years ago, he started playing in the monkey band, uh, playing guitar. And um, so we reconnected. And um, and then when the Dolan Sings Nesmith um, uh, uh, project came along, of course, the first uh, decision I had to make was who was I going to get produced? And a few names were bantered about. And his name came up. And, of course, everybody got excited by that, just by the fact that that uh, of who he is and and his father and and all that but uh, i got particularly excited because he's a really incredible musician yes and and um has done a wonderful job in a couple of projects for us uh mixing and recording and and stuff and you know the only the only question and he he agreed is if if i'm uh, so close to this music because the whole idea from the get-go was not to do a cover album right not not to do a karaoke cover versions of these tunes which is not a bad thing people do it all the time sure. cover versions of of great material and i've done it in the past wonderful album that i did with a producer called jeffrey foskett called king for a day which was a tribute to carol king when this soul great album i love it and um uh i did a bunch of her songs but this uh, dolan sings nesmith idea i i really wanted to try and um re-envision not do a cover album but and try to re-envision some of these songs uh, especially some of the ones that weren't maybe as well known as others um like mike did a lot of acoustic things and and to try to do something with them. And so Christian and I talked about it. And I, you know, I said, look, hey, if I'm familiar with these tunes, you've been hearing them since you were in the crib. Right. <laughs> and he said, I, I, yeah, I got it. I know it's a, it's a challenge. And so he started noodling around on his guitar and sending me little snippets and, and demos and, you know, a few seconds of this and that. And I was just. Lord, I was just, you know, blown away, frankly, when he sent me the first sort of demo uh, 
track of Circle Sky. I don't know if you've heard any of this stuff, but there's a song that we have done for years and years called Circle Sky. Yeah, you actually, it's, wrote, it's on head, and it's also, then you guys did it again on Just Us. Yeah, exactly. And when he came up with this uh, this uh, idea, this arrangement, um, I, I was just blown away. Uh, this, the current one, which is a kind of uh, Indian raga uh, version, and it's and he's done that with a bunch of the tunes. And Nez is too, by the way. When he heard it, he told me, I really like it, Mick. And uh, more than that, I'm really proud of it. <laughs> well, it, let me tell you something. It's released on 7A Records. And this thing sold out like it was on, you couldn't get it. It was like everyone pre-ordered it. And then when it was released, it was back-ordered. And people are loving it. So congratulations. You never expect, maybe, that this far into your career you know, that you'll do something that people still, you know, love to listen to and want to come see you. So it's pretty cool. Go figure. Go figure. Go figure. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no accounting for taste. Uh, and it, I'll tell you what, the, the album kicks off perfectly. I don't know whose job it was to sequence this thing, but Christian. What, perfect. Well, Christian and also the A&R, a guy that I engaged named Andrew Sandoval. Sure. Doing A&R. And then also... Uh, the 7A record people, the 7A record company people, they all had a hand in it, but it was pretty, I think Christian had had the major hand in sequencing. And again, it kicks off with Carlisle Wheeling, with his, which is just a perfect song to open the album with. It just grabs you and immediately you're ready for the ride. Yeah. So a song I was listening to today, uh, Tomorrow and Me. So there's a lyric in there to accept apparent loss as a battle won. The distance now is growing as the highway sings. Change. 
when you're interpreting these songs as an older statesman, do you think about when it was written, Mike was a younger man when he wrote a line like that. It's kind of incredible. Well, Mike has always, from the very get-go, from the, the first day I met him, been a poet, been always a wordsmith. He would uh, uh, he'd go to bed at night and read 30 days to more powerful vocabulary. And he still is. He always has been. One thing about his songs that I think stand out an awful lot, besides the, the, well, the melodies and the chord progressions and, and all of that and the feel and the, the genre, you know, he it obviously had a country flair, but not traditional Buck Owens country. Right. You know, he was doing uh, Big and Rich before Big and Rich were doing it. You know, electric pop, I don't even call it electric pop country or something. For sure. He was doing it in the, in the 60s. But his songs always stood out because of, to me, because of the lyrics and the poetry of those lyrics. Um, and sometimes enigmatic. And I, I've asked him a few times, um, what the hell did that mean, that line? <laughs> or the titles. You know, you, you look at the titles of some of his songs, like Black Carlisle Wheat. Exactly, Wee, yeah. You know, or something like that, or Grand On Wheat. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what? and he sometimes I'll ask him, and he'll just look at me with this, Wry smile, you know, he won't say anything. Yeah, he he knows, and that's that's good enough for him. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. care if we know. No, right. So when you were, let me ask you this: when you were recording, was there a lyric during the the sessions that, uh, as you were singing it, it kind of crept up on you and gave like a whole new meaning? Oh boy, that, not a new meaning, but uh-huh. some that really, like you said, even though he wrote uh, these, some of the many many years ago that there's a lot of wisdom in in some of those uh lyrics in Tapioca Tundra for instance it cannot be a part of me for now it's part of you and I asked him about that and only a few years ago reason thus some prose arise lose themselves and other times and waiting hopes cast silent spells that speak in clouded clues. It cannot be a part of me, for now it's part of you. And he said it, it was when um, I fr- we first got back together um, and doing um, uh, m- uh, the monkey uh, uh, shows, um, concerts in the reunions. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, um, you know, I, I realized that the songs uh, that, that so- we used, the, we used it and we talked about it. And when after Davy passed and we did con- some concerts. And we did that song, and uh, um, the thought is, his thought was, he realized one night in a concert with all those thousands of kids that the song that he was singing 
no longer belonged to him. It was now their song. And we uh, we mentioned that when we were doing Daydream Believer after Davey passed. In fact, we said, you know, we uh, we can't even sing this song because it doesn't belong to us anymore. It belongs no. to you, so you sing it. And we would get somebody up on stage to sing along with me on it. So, yeah, that's- so that was a an example of, of, you know, a lot of wisdom in, in his lyrics. Yeah, it's like uh, when I think of Paul Simon, I think he was 21 when he wrote Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend. I mean, when I was 21, I, I, I couldn't have written anything like that. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't write anything like that now. <laughs> uh, um, you know, experience, we all experience the same things, but that's the, that's the role of, of a poet yeah. and, and a lyric writer, especially, is to, to take those, those feelings and emotions and, and put them into words. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Now, speaking of concerts, I was at the show September 16th, 2016 at the Pantages Theater. And, uh, of course, you and Mike and Peter. And this was an unbelievable experience. I witnessed many grown men crying in their seats, Mickey, during this show. It was, it was quite emotional was and that I, bad? <laughs> no. No. Well, you know what? When I would start to cry, then I would see a clip of Julie Newmar, and then I would be okay. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, what memories do you have of that night? Oh, uh, you know, it, I, I can't be, I'll be real honest. I don't remember an, any specific night. Uh-huh. I mean, I can, some, I can sometimes remember uh, venues or I remember people mostly. I get asked this all the time, but rem- remember that that show. I don't remember which one it was in the, in the number in the tour. Sure, I can't remember. But we, you know, I would have been in a show the night before and a show the night after, <laughs> and the only thing that I would would see would be the the bus and the back door and backstage and back to the bus. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I can't. I, I honestly. Don't remember, you know, specific specific instances, and if I do, I don't necessarily remember where they were. Right. But I do remember people, and, yeah. and that's what I tend to remember: is people that I meet. Gotcha. So, so when you're doing the show, you're in the moment, and then when the show's done, it's done for. It's done. It's for you. It's done. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can do it when yeah. you're on tour. True. And remember that when we're on stage. Um, and I'm sure you've been on, on stage at night in a in a, a lit a lit stage. Yes, I can. I'm gonna have that great eyesight. <laughs> I can only see the first two rows, maybe. Otherwise, it's it, it's pitch black. I have no idea what the auditorium looks like, and anybody past the third row. Gotcha. Let me ask about uh, about your sister Coco. How important is it to have her on stage with you every night at these gigs? Well, it's always been important, um, and it it isn't 
uh, nepotism. <laughs> it, it's because we've been singing together since we were kids. Um, I mean, little kids. Right. My mom and dad were both singers. So we grew up in a musical household. My dad sang light opera. My mom sang uh, standards and Billie Holiday. My mom taught my sister and I to sing harmonies at six or eight years old. And and we were doing third above harmonies. My mom was from Texas, so we would, you know, be doing Sons of the Pioneers and, you know, uh, and then eventually Everly Brothers. And um, so we've been singing together always. And I've, and I've, I've always loved to have her around because she supports my vocals. And when I, a lot of the songs that I sang during the Monkees and a lot of Nesmith tunes that I've done my whole career with or without the monkeys or with Mike, a lot of Nez tunes, and you hear it on this album, are those uh, third harmonies. In fact, I I call um, Nez and I, when we go on the road, the Everly Monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> because it has that third country, you know, uh, harmony. And Coco and I do that really, really well. You know, it's that blood, what do they call it, blood uh, voice or um, blood harmony or something like that. It, you know, you, the phrasing just comes so naturally and the tone, similar vocal tones. So, yeah, I always, uh, I have to have her along, especially in my solo shows where she's about the only other major uh, background vocal right and the and the audience loves coco it's it for me it's oh, yeah. it's not nepotism if you've got the uh if you've got the best in your speed dial you'd be a fool not to use her oh absolutely brings a lot to every show uh let me talk about uh, 2016 good times this album comes out this is a surprise for old fans and then wins you a bunch of new fans because in this household my daughter was 12 at the time and she just ate this entire album up. Like this is the we listen to this album every single day for probably two years. I'm not even joking. What a what a gift it was. I'll bring the chips and the dips and root beer. Even though dark purple rain clouds are near. When you come around in the summer. I'm, I'm very, very proud of that album. Uh, and uh, I got to hand it to the dearly, our dearly departed uh, Adam Schlesinger. Yes. Uh, for that, you know, he's uh, he did a great job. Um, uh, we all did. Everybody did. But boy, Adam just nailed it on that. And what a tragedy that was to lose him. Uh, very proud of that album. And the song Me and Magdalena continues to be oh. in the set list. And again, that's a, uh, I'll use the term a gift. That's another gift because when you and Mike sing that together, it's just, it's gorgeous. Yeah.
it's hard for me to keep uh, a tear out of my eye when I sing it. Uh, I, I would imagine. I would imagine night after night when you have to sing some of these, it must uh, it must get to you a bit. So that yeah, there is. You know, uh, over the years, um, uh, different incidents will will occur in my life, and then a, a song I've sung maybe for decades will take on a little bit of a a new meaning or a little more something a little more personal. Um, but in me and Magdalena, oh boy, I mean, it's some really unbelievable sentiments in that. One of the songs on the uh, on the new album, again, it's Dolan Sings Nesmith, Nine Time Blues. This is one of my favorites on the album. When you Me sing too. when you sing a song like this, is there a person from your past that pops in your mind when you're singing a song like this? Um, there's usually a few people, especially in a song like that. Yeah. Um, I uh, my uh, my first wife passed away a few years ago, and I I, I definitely was a thought about her singing that song. Um, and that was one of the arrangements that that I came up with that re-envisioning of me just doing that with the grand piano. And um, I, 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 I had a, a, bro- a break in my voice a couple of times in some of the takes that I did on that. At one point, Christian, Christian said it was just me and a grand piano player and, and Christian in this little studio. And the first take I did... I really kind of broke down. And he says, listen, you, uh, you want to get some hot tea? Your voice is cr- uh, cr- uh, cracking up a bit. And I said, no, Kristen, I was crying. <laughs> and he said, oh, well, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing it up, Christian. And then and then that song goes right into Little Red Rider, which rocks. Like, the, it, you know, it, it fades right into that. And it's... Uh, it's, that's Christian, but I tell you. Yeah, that that's uh, that's something to think of that that those two songs would go together like that. It's fantastic. of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So I told uh, I told a bunch of my friends that I have tickets to see you guys at the Greek Theater, and uh, and the first thing they said to me, which I hate this, the first thing they said was, "Can they really call themselves the Monkeys if there's just two of them in the band?" And I said, "If the Who can do it, 
then the monkeys can do it. <laughs> and then I had to add that Mickey Dolenz sings 95% of the songs you might know from the monkeys. You've got, uh, you're all over these hits, Mickey. Take a Giant Step, Last Train to Clarksville, I'm a Believer, Pleasant Valley Sunday, Mary Mary, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone. And then, you know, songs that you wrote like uh, Randy Scouse Git. I mean, come on. I put these guys in their place immediately. She's a wonderful lady and she's mine, all mine. And there doesn't seem a way that she won't come and lose my mind. It's too easy humming songs to a girl in yellow dress. It's been a long time since the party and the room is in a mess. The four kings of EMI are sitting stately on the floor. There are birds out on the sidewalk and a ballet at the door. He reminds me of a penguin with few and plaster hairs, talcum powder on the letter, and the birthday boy is there. Why don't you cut your hair? Why don't you live up there? Why don't you do what I do, see what I feel when I care? Now they've darkened all the windows and the seats in Naugahyde. I've been waiting for an hour, I can't find a place to hide. Yeah, we, we went back and forth about calling it the monkeys. This is really uh, the second leg of a tour we did, Mike and I, before the pandemic. Right. And it was not called the monkeys. It was the Mike and Mickey. It was the monkeys present the Mike and Mickey show. And uh, I was very comfortable with that. But sure. The powers that be decided that since it was the farewell tour, it would just keep it simple. But all of our fans know. And... Um, you know, uh, I don't. I haven't heard that it's any, any kind of a problem. Well, no, it, it shouldn't be. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the traveling, and I never liked that part. But that, like, like I say, they pay us to travel. We sing for free. Yeah, exactly. And what's the what's the traveling like uh, in 2021 for you guys? It, it, it's got to be all first class A list for you guys, right? You're not in the back of a packing van with Christian and Mike. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We just rent. We cram into one U-Haul in the back of my Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee. That's, yeah, that's it. Um, no, it's a, it's come along a little way since then. Um, this this uh, this time, um, you know. But you know, you got to be ju- judicious. Also, you just you don't want to just throw your m- money down the toilet. But um, I. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be traveling pretty comfortable this time because I'm getting on, you know, and it's the travel that wipes me out, not the show. Oh, yeah. No, if you could just beam yourself like Star Trek onto the stage, that would be that would be amazing. You'd probably do it for free then. Oh, boy. (laughs) You aren't kidding. So another song I want to talk about, uh, Different Drum. Uh, Yeah. Obviously, Mike did a version of it. And then most famously, Linda Ronstadt with the Stone Ponies. Um What's it like to tackle a song like that that you know is uh, in the, you know everyone's DNA? We we know the Linda version for sure. Yeah, we went around and around about what songs to do, of course, and if we were going to tackle some of the real well-known Nez tunes like Joanne, for instance. And, right. And you, we all agree, there's no way you're going to do Joanne without the yodel, and you, you know you're not going to do listen to the band without a big band, and that there's only three lines in the song. 
So there's ones that we just said, this, there's just no way. Different Drum was one of those, boy, I'd love to do it. And I, I do it in my solo show all the time and tell the story uh, of how Mike went in. He was one of the first songs he ever wrote before the Monkees. And he brought it into the producers and, and sang it on his guitar and he tells the story. And they said, well, that's nice, but it's not a monkey song. And, they, and he said, but wait a minute, I am one of the monkeys. <laughs> right. And they said, yeah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, it's not a monkey song. So he said, okay, fine. And, he, and the story, of course, is he went and gave it to this young girl singer kicking around town at the time named Linda Ronska. And so Christian, again, just came up with such a nice uh, version and it's interesting to do it because it was written for a guy, obviously. Right. And I'm not sure I've heard uh, any guys do it to date. I, I don't recall. I don't think I have. No, I haven't either. In closing, I just want to ask you, if these were to be a trilogy, who would be two other artists that Mickey Dolenz might want to sing? Oh, oh, sorry. You mean as a, uh, an album? As an album. If you were to do two more of these and make it a trilogy, ah, who are two other artists? Question. Thank you. You're right. I, that's, it would be a trilogy because I did King for a Day. Um, the, the one that has come to mind, a couple. And it would be a top. Well... The one that really comes to mind was my old friend, Harry Nielsen. Of course. Um, and this and who, who I actually was the, the spirit behind Dolan Sings Nesmith, because as I explained in the liner notes, I got the idea when he did, he did Nielsen Sings Newman. Absolutely. Back in the early 70s. I don't know if I could attack Harry's stuff because of the vocals. I mean, his his range, <laughs> you know, whoa. Um even though I have some uh, stuff of his in the past. So there's one. And then it also occurred to me, maybe Dolan's sings Diamond. Oh, I, I was thinking of that today too. Neil Diamond would be great. Yeah. Cause you've done, yeah. you've done a, a they've, the monkeys have done a couple before. So that would yeah. be perfect. All right, yeah. Mickey, I'm going to let you go before I do one more thing. I want to, sure. pl- which song from the new album would you like me to feature as our play out song today? Ooh, Oh, um, 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 oh, oh, um, what, what do I want? Well, different drum would be the obvious, but you know, since you and I both like Nine Times Blue and the Little Red Rider, let's do that. All right, you got it, Mickey. Thank you so much. Continued Thank success you. with the album and uh, stay healthy and well on tour, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, sir. Take care, Mickey. Thanks, bye. All right, guys, we only had a short time with Mickey today, but I'm hoping he had fun and that he will come back in the future and maybe we can get into 
the Monkees catalog. Until that happens, go buy Dolan's Sings Nesmith. Go see Mike and Mickey on tour. And you can follow Mickey on Twitter at the Mickey Dolan's one. And you can go to monkeys.com for all things about the monkeys. Also, I want to thank David Salador and my friends Wendy Liebman and Emily Volman for helping me set this up. Over the past few years, Emily and Wendy, I've reached out to them many times to try to help me get Mickey on the show. And uh, thanks to Wendy, it finally happened. And I, I appreciate it very, very much. We are at Rock Solid Show. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson Funny. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about our show. And now, as uh, dictated by Mickey Dolans, the man himself, please enjoy Nine Times Blue. There's a certain something in the way You looked at me and said you'd stay That let me know that I was out of line But I didn't know what else to do And like a fool I tested you By demanding things of you that weren't mine And now I feel Like such a fool For making you crawl Back to me But you did it with such love That you're standing far above Me all I did to you I'm sorry now What can I do I know That never in the world Could I have found me such a girl Who's there to pick me up Before I fall So if in the end We should go both our separate ways I know the lesson I've learned here Is worth it all I've known the lesson I've learned here Is worth it all Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.